0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday Night Live, our first broadcast of this new year, 2023. And although we've said it in so many different avenues of expression, we declare over all of you a very successful, healthy, blessed, and productive new year in the service of our Heavenly Father. And I want to also begin this broadcast from the Father's Church in Dallas by inviting all of my congregation to First Saturday Prayer this coming Saturday, and also um, send a a gentle reminder to all of our Saints Network family that, well and truly, this First Saturday is is upon us. It's just a couple of days away. So make plans to spend some quality time with God in prayer. Our directive this month is in regard to the presence of the Lord. And I believe that God is wanting to take all of his saints into a deeper place of knowing him in His presence. And as we have taught on several occasions over the past few weeks, there is a resolute difference, biblically, between a visitation of His Spirit or a feeling of His Spirit or something that the Spirit has done or is doing and the presence of God. God's presence is an alignment with him in regard to his face, his ways, what it is that in the essence of who God is and our partnership therein, we, we know him and he knows us and we are just waiting there in those, in those moments of commune and deep expression between us and God. There's a the difference between those two things, biblically. But as is the case with so much in Christendom, and I know this too, I'm, I have to always guard myself, we mix up a lot of terms, put them in a, a, a blender, and say they all mean the same thing. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. We, we who are biblical fundamental people who will swear upon in confident agreement that the Bible is living, that it is inerrant, that it is inspired. Yet we go from that platitude and say, well, you know, we can assign our own definitions to what that divine author has written. We can take verses out of context we can misalign definitions we can simply accept doctrinal positions whether they are truly biblical or not and that's always amazed me so when you start talking from the scripture let's see god has directed us to this let's see what this means and let's look through the scripture and find out what the how the scripture defines it how's the divine author defining this and often that is in contrast to what some traditional viewpoints have been and as soon as you start that some religiosity people will say oh he's not preaching the word or oh she's she's uh she's unscriptural when really the objective of the saint is to arrive at scripture so There's a difference between the presence of God and the other manifestations of God's spirit, as precious as they may be. And we we would do well to remember that. So as we enter this new year, we have some factors that we have to consider. And we're going to arrive at 1 Peter 4 verses 14 through 17 here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about the spirit of glory and of God. And we're going to talk about how that this year, which we understand God is drawing us into a deeper relationship with the spirit of glory and of God. We're going to speak about some things that we've really not uh, delved into deeply in our understandings. So, we'll get to that in a moment. So, we have, as we enter 2023, a, a convergence of some, some spirit accentuated themes. First of all, we know that God has said this is a year of breakthrough. We are moving forth from our place of standing in the timing of God into places that he has ordained, doors that he has opened. We believe that this is a window of opportunity and we have to be devoted to serving God in it because this window at some point will close or at the very least transition. And the night comes when we won't be able to do this work. So we must be busy for our master according to his timetable. So the breakthrough time, the parat's time, this window of opportunity is now. And we've, we've got to move forward. And we have to have <clears throat> a uh, clear understanding of what God's saying, what he's not saying. We have to be willing and obedient We have to be precise, and um, I I pray that God will endue us with those spiritual capacities. So we don't want to make mistakes here. We, we, We dare not, because wasted energy, wasted time, wasted moments will affect the kingdom, and we want to be those that are producing 30 fold that means that we are assuming our positions as mighty men 60 fold where we're expanding in the direction of the Lord and 100 fold which in the Bible uh, we have studied about how that that hundred is also a designation of gates and gatekeepers where we not only are functional but when we not only are prospering and fruitful but we are disseminating wisely. We are guarding and we are sending forth the operative measures of parats. So we want 30, 60, 100. Jesus said some 30, some 60, some 100. Um, he, he gives latitude for that, but he also is not excusing a fulfillment. He's just saying that, you know, there are some that are really good people. They're They're wanting to serve me, but that's, that's really all they are doing, and it's a wonderful thing. There's some people that are very fruitful. That's great. But then there are others who build upon those two capacities and function in the gates. Lift up your gate, your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up everlasting doors. The king of glory will come in. Um, th- there are lots of passages about that. And If we want to if we really want to function in gates, we have to understand that it's built upon the 30 and the 60. And um, hopefully, we we are positioned for that. <clears throat> hopefully, these uh, these years of COVID restrictions have caused us to be introspective about who we are, what we're doing in our our gap that God has called us to stand in, God searches for those who will stand in that, remember. Hopefully, we are being fruitful in that gap, and we've tried our best to be that way. And built upon those fulcrums, we come to a pivotal understanding that this is breakthrough. We're going forth as gatekeepers, and we, we break through in the parats and the timing of the Lord to visit the kingdom in new places, To establish disciples there to see new wine, new birth, prosperity, and the victory of the Lord, as well as other things that we've studied. Urging and encouraging one another are also facets of parats, which would easily be saying um, peer pressure, (laughs) a type of spiritual peer pressure. Influence. How's that? And that is so important. The enemy tries to dismantle that accountability, tries to sow discord, tries to sow jealousy, tries to sow envy, tries to sow competition. But the best measure, there's a fine line between being competitive with one another and doing your part so you don't fail the team. Like the old... Adage, forgive me. I hope this, as a history buff, to some degree, I hope this doesn't trigger anybody. But in the earliest days of the Civil War, um, in the first battle outside of Washington D.C., um, neither army really knew what they were doing. They were as green as a young sapling, and they they made a lot of foolish decisions on the battlefield. Well, at one point, the Southerners were fleeing, except for one man and his battalion from the Virginia Military Academy, and that was Stonewall, uh, Thomas J. Jackson. And he stood there with his hand raised, and as the North Carolinians were fleeing back, uh, they, they, their general, General B. said, stand, you North Carolinians. There stands Jackson like a stone wall, and they regrouped and held their position, and that turned the battle. So sometimes what it really takes is for you to do your part and to make no bones about the fact that you are doing your part. And you don't want to shame anybody, but uh, or coerce anybody, but hopefully people will have a sense of self-respect before the Lord to say, Hey, look, look at these people. They're standing. I better stand. I'm, I'm embarrassed to not do my part. And, there, But again, there's a fine line. God is not in the business of guilt, but he is in the business of conviction. And if we listen to the still small voice of the Spirit, we might hear him saying, what are you doing here? Which could also say, gain your perspective. And then the next sub-point of that is what aren't you doing that you should be doing? So we take responsibility for what God has asked of us. So we also know that this is a time that God has told us we're transitioning and that transition is into this moment and then being changed from glory to glory. So you have the, the wonderful privilege of knowing that God has been working in us during this unprecedented season in the world where things just stopped we see enemy activity we see nonsense being uh brought about by political people but we also have had to be refined in our identity in in our identity before the Lord as a people wherever you're aligned and we, we we say, God, let me be the best of what I'm supposed to be. And that's been manifesting as a refining fire in a lot of different ways. Um, secondly, we've been fruitful. Hopefully, you've been fruitful. We've, we've tried, and I can only speak for us, uh, we've tried to be obedient and developmental in these years. God has helped us. I always feel like we could have done more. I always feel like I could do more. And I'm probably right about that. Maybe I'm harder on myself than I should be. But maybe I'm not (laughs) as hard as I should be. But uh, I, I know that speaking on behalf of our church we've endured a lot of challenges we've endured a lot of things that have come against our people we've endured a lot of those that have been running past stonewall and but god has been so kind and gracious and i i feel that he sees our hearts and he knows that in the midst of all of our foibles and failures our heart has been true and we've tried. And we, um, I, I think, as the leader here, in humble reflection, that we've done our best to be fruitful during this moment. And I think God's seen that. But now, here we are. God has said from many years out in our rotation of the seven spirits and the atoms that this is the year of the Spirit of glory and of God. Um, We've been being talked to about His presence. We've been talked to about breakthrough. And these are all things that are essential to put together and to say, what meaneth this? This is the timing of the Lord. And... I'm excited about that. We don't know really all that God's going to do. In fact, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered the hearts of the people the glorious things God has reserved for those who love him and are devoted to his service. So there are great days ahead, but if we keep this foundational understanding of the factors, then that helps us to know how we gain our footing, and how we can believe. So, and I I think that as we talk about the spirit of glory and of God, we recognize that the ways of God, the seven spirits, the colors of the rainbow, which are seven that meet together to form white light, that's the covenant for the earth that God's established. These are all biblical truths, not some new age nonsense. But we noticed many years ago that the progressives have adopted a rainbow flag, but it's absent of one color, and that is the spirit of glory and of God. We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Why would that be absent? Because the spirit of glory and of God is that dimension of God's presence, of his ways, where We commune with God on a very deep level. The enemy detests that. It's my opinion that from the scripture, this is the thing that the enemy was unwilling to embrace once God vocalized it. In fact, Jesus said that Satan was a murderer, a man killer from the beginning. With all due respect to all you gender purists, that just means human beings. The enemy did not want God's plan of partnership with us, us being formed in the image of God, us having uh, the deposit of God's spirit within us that can only be born again through Jesus Christ. The enemy detests all that. So that's the, that's the um, rejection point of all for him. So it, it's never surprised me in knowing that, that the rainbow flag of the progressives omits that indigo blue, that dark blue, in any rainbow in the sky. They omit it. Why? It would have been just as easy to just say, hey, what's the rainbow? Let's put all seven colors. Were they trying to save money? Was that indigo blue color more expensive? I don't think the progressives worry about spending money. No, this is a spiritual thing, and we have to see it, and I I believe that that's part of where we are right now. The darkness will continue to evolve or to manifest itself. We stand in the truth. Not my truth, not your truth, but God's truth. I think this is just interesting. So let's look at 1 Peter 4, beginning at verse 14. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. He's, you're in the midst of his glory. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. There it is again. The time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Now, wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Once again, our discussion yesterday on Saints Radio spoke a little bit about this judgment beginning at the house of God. Judgment has to begin, divine judgment in the Old Testament is God's mishpat, which is his eternal word, his eternal purpose. And that's where any measure of judgment comes from. It really is a devotion to what God really wants, what he has said. And if you've been paying attention at all, you've noticed that uh, a main... Ju- uh, main stomping point stumping point of the progressives is to eliminate the word of God to defame it to denigrate it to try to add to it to make other writings of other religions no matter what they may be equal to it and to basically ridicule anybody who believes in the Bible. Uh, I, I think already in this new year, we've seen a sign. Tragic event happened on Monday, during Monday Night Football. And they really touted this game between as the best matchup that they'd had in years it was Buffalo against Cincinnati. Some of you don't care. You've already tuned me out, but you better listen to the rest of this. I wasn't watching the game either because, frankly, I don't care about either of those teams. I had other things to do. Um, a young man who was a safety for the Buffalo Bills, who grew up in Pittsburgh, who played football in Uh, Pittsburgh High School, played for the University of Pittsburgh, was drafted by Buffalo Bills. He had, after making a hit on a receiver, he collapsed with a heart attack. And the game was stopped. And all the players were out there praying for him. Praying for him. In fact, one of the broadcasters on ESPN led the nation in prayer. Right there. And all across the country, you see memes and text blasts and uh, asking, pray for this young man. And uh, in the stadiums of the Buffalo Bills in Cincinnati, big, neon-powered, well, maybe not neon, uh, digital billboards saying, pray for him. Can you imagine... What that did across the demonic realm. People who've been trying to obliterate prayer. Suing coaches who prayed with their teams after games or before games. Have you been paying attention to that? Liberal groups, atheistic groups, progressive groups saying, oh, we, we don't need to do that. It It triggers people. It intimidates people who don't share that faith. Well, suddenly... I'd never seen anything like this before. It is a one-off that a millions of dollars invested in this game on New Year's Monday. The game was called. All these people standing out there for 30, 40, 50 minutes praying, kneeling in prayer, lifting their hands, holding their heads before God, praying. That's a sign. You want, to, you want to talk about a day of miracles. Now We believe this young man's going to recover and it'll be a testimony to the glory of God. But, man, if that's a sign, as sad as we are about this unprecedented um, physical attack against this kid, uh, I, I'm just astounded. If you'd have told me, hey, you know what? on New Year's Monday the premier Monday night football game for the National Football League on national television the they say the best game they've had in years is going to be suspended and all across America you're going to see a prayer meeting out in the center of the field and the entire stadium is going to be silent Many of them praying out loud. National broadcaster leading in prayer. You probably wouldn't have believed it. I I wouldn't have. But there it was. I think we don't want catastrophes. But that has to be a sign. Prayer to God. So let's look at this. In 1 Peter 4, we've talked about so many of these factors regarding the spirit of glory and of God. I'm not going to go back through all of them. You can read the materials. You can. They're they're available for you. This should be ingrained in you by now. But the thing that really stood out to me, yes, um, judgment is beginning in the house of God. How does that begin? It really focuses on the Word. I think we've been seeing judgment in churches. There is a line being drawn. Are you going to abandon basically your belief in what the Word of God says? Maybe this will turn more people back to, the, to what the Word is really saying. If you threaten to take something away, people might open it. Crack it open and look what it says. That judgment is affecting people. And the very end of the book of Revelation, it says anybody that adds to or takes away from the prophecy of this book is going to be accursed. God will judge them. How how can you not see that? I would be, to any of the saints that have fallen away regarding this business of the word... You better allow the Spirit to draw you back to what you should be. Judgment begins at the house of God. That judgment has been happening. And I don't think that you can separate it from the Spirit of glory and of God. So let's focus on this term, rests. And you can study this for yourself. You can click on that word rest. It's Anna Powell. And um, you can see how God uses it. It is a cessation of labor. Uh, it, it always seems to speak about that you have come to a point where you've done everything that you're supposed to do. You've done it admirably. And then, in the midst of that, God says, okay, I want you to stop now. Or just, not stop in your responsibilities, but lay them down and come and know me. I think this is so interesting. You know, Matthew 11:28. 28. You can see it. That's the first one that pops up. It's not rocket science. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, we preached on this one. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest in your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We again, I hate to keep saying this, but I'm just touching on rest here. This is a gold mine that we've studied in many different forms. You, you are, you have to be meek and lowly. You're learning how the Lord did this, and you're trying to be like Him, and that's how you know His yoke. What was His yoke? Well, it was following the anointing of the Father. Easy, that's the word. And learning how to adjust and adapt. Light is our friend Alasson. From Alasson, which means to adjust to whatever God requires. That's the yoke of the Lord. Um, You've labored, heavy laden, and right then you're invited, nay, commanded to receive the rest of the Lord. To stop, but to do so in commune with him. I'm not going to go through every one of these. There are a lot of verses, like in Matthew, well, uh, there's there, like at the end of the prayer time in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, Jesus finally said to the disciples, okay, just sleep, take your rest. He, he was saying that all the work was then done in that prayer time and it was a time that God had ordained to come to him for a reflection on what they had done which is Jesus was the only one who really did this <laughs> I'm not saying the disciples didn't give it the old college try but it was a moment of reflection and waiting on God and That's part of the spirit of glory uh, that rests on you. So in other words, you, you begin the journey of the spirit of glory in God in this rest mode from time to time at the direction of the Father and you should want this. Seek for him you find those respites, and then at a conclusion of those divinely ordained labors, you go to the Lord, you learn, you reflect on your, your, um, your responsibility is given from the Father, you reflect upon how well you adjusted to serve Him, Did you do it faithfully? Did you do it adequately? And that time in the spirit of glory and of God that is resting upon you is where these things happen. Let's look at some more of these and then we'll talk about how to do it. Um, Jesus would say to his disciples, like in Matthew 6, 31, after they had been laboring, uh, Jesus said, "Come yourselves apart into a desert, desert place, and rest a while." I'm sure that they were talking with him. They were reflecting. They were enjoying. Uh, they they were being replenished. They were being strengthened. They were they were enjoying the fellowship with God. And then, of course, in the flow pattern of the seven spirits, that then paves the way for, um, for the spirit of truth and sonship where you give thanks to God for all he's done and you look forward into the new. But between the, the assignment of the saints, that devotion, and sonship is this necessary factor very interesting. You can be de- deceived um, by this. Luke twelve, the guy who had was building bigger barns and you have much go- goods laid up. Many years, take ease, eat, drink and be merry. This was at the conclusion of harvest, but he was he was doing this for himself. You know, there's a capacity within mankind, humankind, I might say, to know that this is necessary. We, sh- we were created to do this with God, for God, and in God. But you can use this capacity for yourself, in yourself, and through yourself, pridefully. One way or another, you're probably going to do this. It's interesting that man was judged, or would be judged. Now, then you come into um, some as some words in the Scripture that speak about this resting or refreshing in your spirit, your spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians 16, 18. They have refreshed my spirit in yours. 2 Corinthians 7, 13. Um, his Titus spirit was refreshed by you. Philemon 1, 7. The, the bowels or the, the essence, the ma'ah of the saints were refreshed by you. And in one twenty, Philemon also, Paul said, refreshed his bowels in the Lord. (laughs) Um, And and so you see this essential part of you whether it's our spirit or that area in the Ma'a where we embrace the truth of God and commune with God and reproduce this resting upon is necessary there. I don't find anything that says that your mind rest. It doesn't say anything about your duties resting. It, it's, this is all devoted to the partnership with God's glory. What He is doing that's not been done before What he's doing with the people who have embraced that partnership. So, in a time juncture, ordained by God, we find that deep commune and we stop and we learn of him. And we reflect upon the yoke of the Lord, which is our anointed service from the Father and our willingness to adapt ourselves to serve him in it. But we learn of Jesus. We learn how he moves. But it's a critical moment with God. Um, Here is Peter. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, the name of Christ for this service. Happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. This kind of reminds me very clearly of the Beatitudes where Jesus is telling all of those things that the sons should do. And he said, uh, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and speak all kinds of evil rhema against you falsely for my name's sake. You rejoice exceedingly. You, You have to know that what where where judgment is being weighed out in the house of God first, and then in the world, people are probably going to come against you in some way or form. And um, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. There's that resting. It's interesting. That in the book of Revelation, Revelation 6, 11, white robes are given to the souls that were slain. For what? For the word of God. Look at that. Verse 9, Revelation 6. And for the testimony which they held, that martyria, they cried, How long, O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? White robes were given unto every one of them and it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season. That's It's interesting. A micros kronos. God interrupted the kronos <laughs> for this resting. And then Finally, uh, this is, in a way, eternally morbid. I heard a voice from heaven saying, for, Revelation fourteen thirteen 13, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Hmm. So what do we need to do in this year of Spirit of glory and of God? In regard to this key component of resting, the first thing we see is that resting has nothing to do with punting or just not doing your job. Resting has to do with communing with God on behalf of the partnership with His glory where we... commune with the lord we learn of him we evaluate our role divinely ordained role and we we say how am i doing father am i adjusting appropriately that's the yoke of the lord it's meek and lowly some people read that and they say well see you don't have to war- you don't to do spiritual warfare You don't have to labor. He did it all. So take the yoke of Jesus. Gonna lay down my burden down by the riverside. Study war no more. You know, it's it's amazing how many times people know just enough of the word to be dangerous. Just enough of the word to pluck it out of context and to eliminate the essence of what the word is really saying. The yoke of Jesus is not inactivity. The yoke of Christ is not saying that He's already done everything, sitting up there in His easy chair waiting to blow the horn and bring my children home. It's it's a yoke of devotion to the service of the glory of God. Jesus is praying for us that we will fulfill the will of God. See, how does that coincide? If Jesus is praying for us to do the will of God and not fail in that, how would he also be saying, stop doing anything? See, it doesn't coincide. So how do we find this place of rest? There's no set prescription for how this, how often this happens. It's not just at critical junctures, even though we're in one. It's not just at the end of something. Like, for instance, when the disciples were told by the Lord, come off to this place and, and rest. Jesus wasn't saying it's the end of labors when he said all you that are heavy laden come unto me and find rest and learn of me and learn from me take my yoke upon you adjust yourself so that you're not doing this in your own strength that will fail in Gethsemane Jesus said rest now the work wasn't the work of prayer for that moment was drawn to an end but his work at calvary was immediately ahead so we're entering in this year god's been asking us to dwell in his presence and i would just say be very sensitive to when the spirit of the lord comes and you you need to sow yourself into him Understanding this principle, that it's about his glory. It's about your service in that glory. It's about your partnership with him. It's about your willingness to do what is necessary in meekness to fulfill God's purpose for your life. And to do so in whatever way is necessary to serve him your willingness and your devotion on display. Yes, it, it, it's happening now at a moment of great launching forth. So in some ways, you have that ideal where we know we're going into this year. We're already going. Our team leaves for France in just a couple of hours from now. If you're listening to this later, we're already in the air. We ask for your prayer. We'll be back on Monday. Pastor Fabian will be speaking on Sunday. The service goes on. Don't. We need you here filling your post. But I have noticed, in fact, early this morning, early this morning, about 2.30, I was just gripped by the presence of the Lord. And Ron said, Maybe you should just go ahead and get up because it's actually 9.30 in the morning where you're going. It'll help you to begin to adjust. And I elected to, to lay and pray, which I did for a few hours, and then I drifted off and had some really unique dreams about one of them had this particular house in Dallas being filled with people that I didn't know. Um, but... They were here for what God was doing. I had another dream about some people in our church and how delightful they are in the Lord, for the Lord. And I finally got up, you don't care about this, but I finally got up at five and went in and prayed about this message and started making notes for what else I the Lord was reminding me that I needed to do before I leave town for the church that's TMI but that that type of commune for those couple of hours was intense and it wasn't focused on anything other than him and the burden of the Lord that's the rest that's Associated with the spirit of glory. It's not inactivity. It's pressing in to the Father. Be sensitive to those moments and don't ignore them. I would also say that you probably should. Maybe I'm. I. I I'm not making an edict here because somebody of you will do this till Kyle's come home. But maybe you should say, Lord, I need to be setting aside specific moments. I do in my own schedule to just wait on you and to welcome the spirit of glory and of God. And ask God that you might taste of his rest, which again is not inactivity. It's learning of Christ. We need that. It, it's right in the sealer center between the saints, the Holy Spirit, and truth and sonship. We need this. It's God. And we don't go there. I guess it would be easy to go there because we're just plum tuckered out. We just don't know if we can go on. Nobody knows how heavy laden I've been. Certainly more heavy laden, heavily laden than anybody else I know. We watch that kind of thing. If Jesus is calling you to him, he didn't say discard or surrender those things to other people. He said, you lay them down and you come and learn of me. And remember that I'm lowly and meek and that... My yoke is easy and light. Define that by the word which we have just done and have done more extensively. It's something that we need to do, I think, more to commune with God, to cherish Him, to make sure that we're doing things as we are supposed to be doing. You know you can get out of alignment you can get out of kilter your perspective can get skewed It's a reflection point yeah I'm I'm positive that you gain strength through it but that's not your objective This word translated as rest or refresh how is your spirit or your bowels refreshed Well it's speaking about what God put in you when you were born, ordained from the foundation of the earth. It's where you, you pray in the spirit, according to the scripture. It really is the manifest of what God expects from you. So it's kind of like a rebooting of that place, of his spirit within you. I think that's excellent, don't you? In fact, I'm jotting that down as I'm talking. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is good. I'm so grateful for this. And um, I I just want you to know how much God loves you and um, how much you mean to him. I hope you realize that. So, we're entering into this year of the spirit of glory and of God. We're in it. God has been talking to us about his presence. God has told us about the breakthrough. You need to be finding times with God where you enter into his rest you enter into that place where you reflect with Jesus on your partnership in God's glory. You say, "Well, pastor, why don't you why don't you have a special time of prayer for this? You coordinate it." Well, I'm glad you asked because we have one of those coming up. Just whoa, my goodness, look at it. It's just a couple of days from now where we gather with saints from around the world on first Saturday. How about do it then? I think that's a great idea. But you don't have to wait on me to blow a trumpet and ask you to come to pray. You better be doing this individually. Because you are mighty in God. You are sons of the Most High. You're called to be mighty men and women You're called to be those that are fruitful and you're called to be gatekeepers. You're called to be as the 70 who represent the eyes of God. These are no small things. You're not babies now. The crux point of our battle for all of human history is immediately in front of us. Grasp that. It's already happened. Some people will go to quote-unquote prophetic seminars to find out when are we entering in? Fighting about whether there's a tribulation, whether we're going to escape the tribulation, whether we're going to be in the part, first part or the mid trip, or God forbid we're in all of it, the way would say. How can we get out of it? Thumbing our nose at the world. How about if you just recognize that if this is not the beginning of the tribulation, it'll doodle it gets here. That's an old Texas phrase that you just kind of apply to many things. Um, You're in this. (laughs) You see it being laid out. It's happening all around you. So what do you do about it? Vote for the right people? Well, you tried that, haven't you? They can't agree on anything. And then the people we send to Washington just... How can I? I better not say anything that could possibly be interpreted in a n- nasty way. They just sign off on nonsense. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll send... Uh, we'll spend money on... Did you read some of the things that was in that omnibus bill? <laughs> if you think voting for people is going to make righteousness arrive on the nation... Think again. Protest. Go out and stand on the other side of the street of Antifa. Boy, that'll do you a lot of good. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Your greatest weapon is fulfilling the to the divine identity that God has for you, and partnering with Him as a saint, as a son, as an intercessor, to fulfill the one who is called, the will of the one who's called you. His glory, entrusted to the saints, is being put on display in this year, right now. Enter into His rest. His presence. His glory. So, come to pray this Saturday. I won't be here in the natural, but I will be here in spirit. We will be praying in France on first Saturday. Those folks are faithful. We thank God for it. Again, I appreciate Monica's efforts in coordinating that with Sylvie and Nancy being such a gift in um, sending out words, Collecting them. What a the interpretation group! I, I bless you and Sylvie. We bless you. But we'll be praying there, and this is what we'll be praying for. You have a mighty army of saints there in Europe. Mighty army in Brazil, and in other places around the world, Africa, India. You know, we sowed seeds there in India for many years. We had 80 hours, 80 hours of teaching. And that's without translation. It had to be translated off of that. So you double that, 160 hours for those Indian pastors and teachers and leaders. And we supported a man. We went there. He took that around. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. I would think easily 10,000 leaders saw those that school we don't know what those seeds are producing now it seems as if the door was shut for us to go we tried to go and we weren't permitted to go um and that was of the lord too we didn't miss god's calling God allowed that opposition to come. I didn't like it, but God allowed it. What's happening now? We can only pray. But I know out of those thousands of people and churches and schools that saw and received and began to pray and with all the teams that we took in there, all the places we ministered and imparted, it's not about us. We were just trying to be obedient. There has to be a remnant of folks. Let's say 10%. Well, that's 1,000 people, 1,000 leaders. Let's say 5%. That's 500 leaders. Two percent, that's two hundred liters. One percent, that's a hundred liters. Certainly ah, the seed of the Word of God, Pneumatikos principles, could generate one percent. A hundred liters is pretty good. We ask God to bless them. But what's ahead, we must be faithful, but we if we are going to truly partner with the spirit of glory and of God it involves what we've been talking about today that that would rest upon us, upon our labors, upon our devotion, upon the spirit within, upon our measure of partnering with God in the ma'ah of the core of our being in prayer in service This is the Lord, and it's His invitation to you. So, God bless you all. Happy New Year again. Rest in His presence. Expect the breakthrough that we're engaged in. Embrace His glory. Welcome Him. Know Him. Love Him. Believe. Trust in Him. And be faithful to pray this week. You don't have to wait till Saturday. You can do it today. Do it tomorrow. Do it every day. But remember, first Saturday. We speak blessing over all of you. For those of you who have been battling attacks against your body, we speak health and vitality now in Jesus' name. That you be well now in Jesus' name. Continue to pray for the saints in France, particularly in these days. We'll be back on Monday. What? May, may God give us safety and travel, health, vitality, His presence, most paramount of all. Pray for Brazil. You know, we wired funds to secure the theater for the June gathering. I went to the bank yesterday. I asked you to pray. We've discovered that everything's okay on our end. Pray that any kind of Uh, unclean influence, blocking, hindering influence down there, wherever it may be, would be eliminated. And that what God has ordained will be done and that that money and the transaction will be in place. We've done all we can. Now we agree. In prayer. So join us in that. Okay, we'll try to send out some word from over there. Um, we'll see how we can do that, but know that when you go on these trips, as Monica has said on so many times, you're busy from the moment you get up to the moment you lay your head in in the bed to go to sleep. Hopefully you can sleep through the night you're intercessing, you get up, you start it all over again. So I don't have a whole lot of time to be a secretary letting you know everything that's going on. Just know we're going to be working hard and uh, but we'll try to get some, some word, in some ways to you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for will, being willing to embrace the glory of the Lord. I hate to say goodbye. Been enjoying this time. May God bless you.